Welcome to Drone Law Pro Radio. Visit DroneLaw.pro, where Part 107 pilots become Part 107 professionals. Here's your host, drone attorney Enrico Schaefer. Welcome to Drone Law Pro Radio. Today we've got a, a guest on who's been with us before, and uh, the reason he is coming back is because his saga continues. And the guest is Jason Harrison. You might recall we did a show, um, oh, I think early in February of this year, and um, I'll put a link to that prior podcast because it's a really interesting podcast. There's some great video that goes with it. The the gist of it is that that Jason is um, flying his drone in a Genesee County, Michigan park and essentially gets, not even essentially, he gets arrested and handcuffed by the park police for flying his drone. When ultimately it is asked, under what authority am I being arrested? It turns out there is or was this 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 park ordinance that said no person shall make any ascent or descent in any balloon, airplane, or parachute on any land or waters administered by or under the jurisdiction of the commission of the park. And of course, uh, a drone is not a balloon, an airplane, or parachute that can be you know piloted. It's an unmanned vehicle, and ultimately. Uh, after Jason's drone, his Mavic was confiscated, uh, which is a whole other story in itself because they accidentally activated the video and audio on the drone as they were trying to impound it. And so all of that is recorded. It's like the the three stooges of police uh, department arrests here. Uh, And that is all on the prior podcast, including those, those videos that Jason got. But essentially what it turns out is you've got this ordinance that doesn't apply to drones. And more importantly, you've got a Michigan statute, MC L259.305, which is Michigan's prohibition on drone regulations by municipalities, which trumps everything else because it's a state law. And it essentially says that, um, and we'll get into the details later, but it says that political subdivisions cannot enact or enforce any sort of ordinance or resolution that regulates the ownership or operation of unmanned aircraft. So it really is leaving it up to the FAA to regulate unmanned aircraft. So we welcome Jason back onto the show today. And we wonder Jason, you had the charges dropped. You got your drone back after a fairly lengthy period of time. What is going on that we're interviewing again today? Well, hey, thanks for having me today. And what a great job you did with the uh, introduction here. So since uh, we talked the last time, I helped create a new organization called MCDO, the Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators. And now there are a lot more players involved than just me. We have a whole village that's uh, working on this project now. And one exciting thing is we recently began a lawsuit against Genesee County Parks. And our um, the lawsuit isn't involving any money. It's just asking the judge to declare the Genesee County Park Drone Ordinance invalid and unenforceable. 
And let's talk about that a little bit, because as the lawyer, I can kind of help people understand how this all works. All right. So a declaratory judgment action is a type of a lawsuit that a party withstanding who's affected by a particular law to go ahead and petition the court to declare the law valid or invalid, partially valid, partially invalid, to declare rights. And so one of the common things is if a if a division of government or an agency passes a law or regulation, you can, if you're affected by that law or re- regulation, petition the court to say, hey, I want you to declare whether or not this law is valid. That way you don't have to go get arrested and handcuffed and have your stuff taken away in order to know whether or not you can fly your drone, for instance. So let's break this up a little, Jason. So the last time we talked, there was this there was this number one this ordinance for the parks that was section I think it was ch- section 23 that dealt with balloons airplanes and parachutes and didn't seem to apply to drones what happened at the park level since they first arrested you in terms of are they have they tried to address the drone issue what modifications have they made you know now that the, the Genesee County understood that their prior order ordinance didn't stop the behavior that they have clearly wanted to stop, which is drone use. Um, what's happened at the at that um, county level? What happened is they realized apparently after my after my case got thrown out and I got all my stuff back that their their ordinance did not apply to drones. So they wrote a new ordinance that does apply to drones. And I'll just read it real quick. It says, no person shall, upon the property administered by the commission, operate or make any ascent or descent in any balloon, airplane, parachute, drone, or manned or unmanned aircraft on any land or waters, except in designated areas, without first obtaining written permission of the commission, or except as may be necessary in the event of an emergency. And clearly, this flies in the face of MCL 259.305, which says that Tennessee County shall not make any rules regarding the possession or operation so of let's, aircraft. So let's decompose that a little bit. So after they realized that the thing that they arrested you for uh, was uh, was not a legitimate uh, thing to arrest you for, after they realized that their ordinance didn't actually cover the behavior that you were engaged in, which was flying an unmanned aerial system. Uh, they went back and, and, and amended the ordinance to specifically include both manned and unmanned uh, vehicles, uh, including specifically drones. So that's kind of interesting because here it is, they had a chance to, number one, better understand uh, unmanned aerial vehicles. They had a chance to better understand the FAA regulations and federal preemption. They had a chance to look at MCL 259.305, which is Michigan's prohibition on drone regulations by municipalities. They probably listened to you. I assume you showed up at some things and yet they still change their ordinance in the in the face of all of that to, to try and prohibit or regulate 
drones in the park. So tell me a little bit about that piece of it. Like the, you know, what happened politically at the county level? What kind of things did they do? Did they learn? Did you help educate them on? Uh, and obviously you didn't, you didn't convince them because they, they went ahead and passed this ordinance anyway. So give us a little background on that. And the reason before you even get into it, I want, I think this is important is because we understand in the drone industry that a lot of times the political subdivisions, the local municipalities, they don't understand any of this, right? They don't get the FAA part. They don't get the drone part. They don't know how it all works. They don't understand that the federal regulations, uh, preempt uh, their their ability to, to regulate drones. They don't understand how drones are used for good. Uh, but but that, so that's okay. You can give them a little leeway on that, right? But in this situation, like so many other places, once an issue rises to the top, once it gets to the surface, they have every opportunity to understand how all this works and to get it right. But that's not what happened in Genesee County. What occurred on the that's, ground there? That's a great point. I was naive when all of this started. And I thought they simply were unaware of Michigan state preemption law. And I honestly thought that just sending an initial email and saying, hey, look, your attempt at regulating drones doesn't really jive with state law. And in my mind, they would take every necessary step to correct that. But they really, like you mentioned, did exactly the opposite thing, knowing full well that they lack the authority to create that ordinance. They did it anyhow. So the interesting thing is I had been issued my ticket and it was days later that they passed this new ordinance and made it uh, made it the law of the land before is before my ticket had been thrown out. And so I went to the meeting where this happened, but on advice of my attorney, I didn't do any speaking because at this point there was still a criminal case against me. Sure. And so I watched them go ahead and vote this into vote this into law, and it, um, they even used some emergency powers to make it uh, go into effect right away. Where I guess uh, normally I think the process it takes you know, three months to keep reading the meeting, reading the statute at various meetings and do some public stuff and then get people to vote on it. But they skipped all that and used some emergency powers to put it in place right away. So it would take immediate effect. Uh, Soon after, like by the next month meeting, the case against me had been dropped. So I came with a prepared statement uh, in the interim too, before I went to the meeting, I had sent some emails to the director and to some of the council members. I go to a meeting, uh, told them just very polite and friendly, but hey, look, your new ordinance is clearly in violation of state law. Like it's right here. You can read it. I read it to them and um, never really got in with them. They For a few months, they kept saying, oh, well, we send off to our legal counsel and let them kind of decide. But eventually they just got tired of listening to me. I showed up to every meeting for maybe a three month period, me and other uh, members of MCDL. And at some point, they just tone us out and play on their cell phones or whatever during uh, public comment time and are not at all interested in what we have to say. Yeah. And so let's kind of talk about that a little bit, because I think it's important. What do you think, Jason, the drivers are to cause this kind of knee jerk reaction to the use of drones um, in, you know, in municipalities, in, in parks? Um, you know, is it just that you've got a, a, a older population running um, these different bureaucracies and, and they're just fighting against the, the new technologies? You know, where, where do you see the drivers are? 
this is something I've thought about a lot. And of course, I don't know the answer. I can only speculate. But like I've talked to several people that are on the council and they seem to not be well educated on the issue, not really anti-drone. I suspect there's at least one person in the organization who's very anti-drone and pushed all this through. And the rest of the, you know, the rest of the council members, I feel like they mostly just, yeah, yeah, they voted on it because it came up and maybe they weren't well educated and they're not going to take a stand and rock the boat and try to change the way things are. But I don't feel most of them are really anti-drone. And in the end, I don't think it's about drones. I think it's more about power. And one of them, I think the president or whoever is in, in charge of the meeting, actually said in one of the meetings that he was offended that a, a citizen would show up and tell them what they can do with their parks. They thought that was hugely inappropriate. Interesting. So there's ego. There's there's ego involved in every layer of everything, right? And good Lord, I know it because I'm a lawyer, and so I'm dealing with with navigating egos all the time. But it, I always talk about the psychology of, for instance, litigation um, or settlement negotiations. What I always tell my clients is, you know, you can line up the facts, you can line up the legal arguments, but more than than 50% of the equation is who are we dealing with and what is the psychology? Once people take a position, they become almost intractable. So the key is to try and not force someone to make a decision that they're then stuck with and then they refuse to abandon because their ego would be hurt if they had to switch gears, right? And of course, we see that played out in the national political stage right now with the division that we have in our country where no one listens to anyone. Everyone's just holding their ground and and because they they're right and and I think you said something that's really fascinating that I had not ever really considered which is that a lot of it is momentum a lot of it is just like hey you can't tell us and we'll tell you and ego and bureaucracy and um, you know maybe that's that's really where you have to have a champion at the municipal level who's willing to stand up to potentially the powers that be the people People who've been around the longest, the people who speak the loudest on these um, on these committees and these boards, and and that means they have to be empowered. They have to be able to understand things well enough to become an advocate, to become a champion. And maybe we're just not there yet. I mean, what do you think? I guess uh, I'm not sure the, the psychology component of it is is interesting to me. And I think you make a valid point that once somebody takes a position, change it becomes intractable. They just don't want to don't want to change their mind, no matter how much logic and things are involved. It becomes more of an emotional response, yeah, than a than a logical one. And yeah. I even in one of the meetings, I even told them that look, you like you have to change this ordinance. If you don't, it's going to make at least some of you have to go to lots of special meetings because they do closed door meetings when they have litigation Mm -hmm. and it's going to cost the county piles of money. Like there's really no reason for that. You can just change it right now. You don't have to go through 
go through this whole process, but you're going to have to go to court if you don't go ahead and just fix this ordinance. Yeah. And of course, then that becomes even more of an ego uh, battle uh, sometimes as well. So tell us a little bit about the Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators. I've been to the Facebook page and I'll tell everyone if you want to if you want to follow what is about to happen in in Genesee County uh, Circuit Court. And if you want to become part of this group, this Michigan group of Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators, you just do a search on Facebook for Michigan Coalition Coalition of Drone Drone operators, you'll come to the page. You can make a request to join, and um, and I take it they this MCDO, this Michigan Coalition, this is the plaintiff in the lawsuit filed in Genesee County against the parks. That is correct. So MCDO was really formed in uh, response to what Genesee County is doing, but we realized there's really. Uh, a niche we can fill here in the state because Genesee County probably is not the last the last municipality in the state that's going to misbehave or kind of ignore drone regulations. So the goal right now is to fix the problem in Genesee County, but then how about other drone operators across the state that are also facing problems and preferably in the most positive way possible. Like typically, I find if you, if I've dealt with preemption with um, issues other than drones, and typically if you just contact, like, send a friendly email to city council and you're like, hey, I see you have this rule over here that doesn't jive with state law, can you go about fixing that? Usually they'll do that. So, like, we want to provide a resource where we can provide education to not just drone operators, but municipalities as well to help keep them in line with state law. Yeah, that's And also great. to voice... Uh, to be a voice in Lansing in the capital to to help with uh, ensuring that our drone preemption law stays the way it is. We actually had a change to the preemption law earlier this year, and Mackinac Island, which is a popular tourist destination, they they gained uh, some authority to make a new drone ordinance there, specifically the um, they can uh, include language in their ordinance that keeps drone people from purposely and willfully interfering with commercial horse operations. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is, it's a, it's a moving, it's a moving target and it always, and it's going to be a moving target for a while. I mean, we're lucky in Michigan in that the Michigan legislature stepped up and tried to get ahead of what is happening in so many other states, which is so many municipal ordinances that try and regulate the, the use of drones, right? And so. Um, you know, what the, the general approach that the state took is, is that unless it's expressly authorized by statute, meaning that you gotta go through the state, you gotta have some sort of basis from state law. If you're a political subdivision that wants to enact or enforce any sort of ordinance or resolution that regulates the ownership or operation of unbanned aircraft or otherwise engage in the regulation and the ownership or operation of unmanned aircraft. So there's some other parts of the statute and there's some some other provisions that apply. But in general, the state has really tried to step in and fill that void by by telling political subdivisions unless you meet an exception or unless otherwise you there's a state statute that empowers you the answer is no you have to leave the regulation of drones up to the FAA and potentially to the state. Now, this Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators that you've put together, you guys did a kind of a, a special event back at the park after you got 
you know, your ticket and you got arrested and you got your drone confiscated and then the tickets dismissed. Tell the listeners what you did, which I just thought was so amazing because so many people, they deal with a situation like you dealt with and then they just simply, I don't have the time for this and they, they go away. You did not. You have stayed on task and you've done things now that there's a lawsuit being filed. But before that, you tried to get involved at the municipal level. You went to meetings. You tried to speak out. But then you did this fly in. Tell the listeners about this. This is great. So I think you bring up an important thing, which is first, we exhausted every diplomatic process first. I try to do things the most friendly way. And even the first meeting I spoke in, you get three minutes for public comment time. And my first two minutes was me telling them how awesome their park system is. And by the way, it is awesome. It's 11,000 acres. It's a bunch of parks. And I did a great job, you know, telling them how great their park system is. But hey, by the way, you got to fix this thing. So we started, we started small, we started very positive. We didn't get anywhere. So after a while, we uh, decided in the spring to host a fly-in. We invited lots of members of the community, anybody with a drone who wanted to fly and have a picnic to meet up at the park. We were going to grill some hot dogs, do some drone flying. Yep. And uh, it became, so we planned this the day of the event. We show up and the chief of the park police ordered the park closed. So we showed up, the gates were closed, they were chained, they were locked. Nobody could get in. But it's not a big problem because it's a huge park system and there's several parks. So we just went to one that was a few miles away and had our picnic. Yeah. Now, uh, they had several police officers. I'm going to say five to seven at least. Uh, two cars parked and watched us the entire time. And the other approximately five cars circled us like sharks the entire time, just drove around nonstop uh, for the two or three hours uh, during the event. And we actually ended up not flying drones. Just um, in the kind of week leading up to that, we got some emails from the park that made it pretty obvious that they were going to arrest people who tried to fly. And on advice of uh, our counsel, he said, look, we can probably fix all these citations if we get a bunch of them and go through the process and go to court. And, you know, it'll cost lots of money and take a long time. And it's a little bit dangerous because it's not guaranteed that you'll win. Or for less money and really less effort, we can just do this declaratory action. So we kind of decided as a group at that moment that we were not going to fly anymore in the parks. We were going to go ahead and do the declaratory action and get that taken care of because it's safer and and better for the uh, for everybody involved. Yeah. So that's really I think, you know, look, community action. We as the drone community, you know, we we have to do so many things uh, on a community level. The FAA doesn't have the resources to make sure that people are flying consistent with Part 107. We as a community have to help self-enforce. It's important for the community that people are flying legally and lawfully and, and safely under Part 107 if they're commercial, because the only way the industry is going to take off is if uh, customers see it as a professional industry. And as long as you allow the kid next door who owns a drone to compete against you because you're tolerant of of unlawful flight activities, right? Well, that's not going to get you the pricing that you want. But yet another example of where we as a community must must you know be active is in terms of organizing around the education of municipalities about drones 
drones, working with local state, uh, local and state police and fire and emergency personnel. So they understand and have the resources they need to understand how, how all of this works in the FAA's jurisdiction over UAS. Um, and you know, you've been involved now at every possible level of community interaction. Um, what is coming up in this case, this, uh, MCDO case versus the county park system? Um, do you have a trial date and what do you expect to happen next? August 26th at 10 a.m., downtown Flint in the 7th Circuit Court, we have a hearing for preliminary injunction. Nice, nice. And it's interesting. If things go as planned, we'll get the preliminary injunction, and that will uh, make it so that the park system cannot enforce their drone ordinance until the legal matter, matter is settled. Interesting. And I, uh, you know, I would be there, but I'll be on my honeymoon. So that one, I, unfortunately, I got to run with that prior conflict. But I otherwise I would be there. And I encourage everyone who's interested in drones and UAS in the state of Michigan, if you're in the area, sh- go show support. That's what we're talking about here is community involvement, acting as a community of drone operators and and and, you know, showing that. This community is good, professional, safe people who are simply looking to fly their drone in a safe manner. And and so sometimes, you know, it's people are afraid of what they don't understand. They're afraid of what they don't know. Put a face to our community by showing up at 900 Saginaw Street in Flint, Michigan, for this Seventh Circuit Court hearing. And you can watch it live in the courtroom in our state court system. Uh, our federal court system is a little tighter, but in our state court system, you know, people can show up. The media can show up. Hopefully you'll be able to get some press there as well. I'm sure some local um, uh, news organizations will, will show up and, and bring their cameras because this has a real uh, opportunity to help move not only the state of Michigan forward with regards to professional drug operations, but other states as well. Because what happens is these other states, these other park systems, they see what's going on and they adjust their behavior accordingly. So definitely show up if you can. This preliminary injunction hearing is the first step. If a preliminary injunction is issued, then there will be a a follow-up hearing on a permanent injunction after some discovery. Hopefully, Genesee County Parks simply accepts uh, a ruling by the court. Uh, Hopefully, it'll be a favorable ruling because obviously the next piece of the puzzle is who's the judge, right? And sometimes judges bring their biases to the table and sometimes uh, judges, especially older judges, can be anti-technology. And, and look, at just about anyone could be anti-drone because we've seen it across all of our Facebook groups, right? Everyone wants to shoot down the drone. Judges that have listened to drone cases uh, um, have, have, in some cases supported the person shooting down the drone because they would have shot it down themselves, right? So hopefully uh, this won't have to drag up through appeal and the rest and, and we can get some resolution on this. We are lucky in the state of Michigan, Jason, because we've got this Michigan law that that really tries to preclude these types of ordinances from coming into being in the first place. Many states don't have that. Um, do you have any sense what... 
Genesee County is going to say about MCL 259.305? So what they've argued so far, like when I've tried to talk to them at meetings, is that there is an exception in, in that MCL that says, hey, look, if, if you're a municipality and you own a drone or you use a drone, like say your police department has one, mm-hmm. you are allowed to make rules regarding that drone. So you can decide what officers can fly it, under what circumstances, what education requirements are there, what kind of training requirements are there. Yep. You're allowed to do that. So their argument has been, since we're allowed to do that, we can regulate all drones. Well, it's an absurd argument, and I have a difficult time imagining they would argue that in court, so I think they would get laughed out of there. Um, so my I have no idea, but just my guess is they will probably try to attract, uh, attack preemption itself and maybe say the state doesn't have the authority to preempt them on this matter. Mm-hmm. And also, they will probably bring up safety of the children. I'd be really surprised if that's not in there. I think when you run out of, of other good arguments, then um, safety of the children is always always a good thing to bring up. Yes, yeah, so protect the kids seems to be the, the fallback of uh, of every uh, good political argument when you don't have anything else to run with. So uh, that that is interesting. Let me just kind of break it break that apart a little bit for our listeners. So, as as in many of these um, state laws. The states allow political subdivisions and state political entities to regulate their own on drone. So the police force can regulate the use of drones by their police force. So the city can regulate drone use by the police force, by the fire department, etc. And the kind of the background of that is we don't want police using drones to um, to uh, do unwanted or un- illegal surveillance on people. Right. So there's a lot of privacy issues because of, of the, our constitutional rights to be free from invasions of privacy by the government. The governments have an interest in, in making sure that their agents and employees don't violate those constitutional uh, protections of our citizens with the use of drones. There are other other things that 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 the the city, for instance, can regulate with regards to their police and fire departments with regard to drone use. And so, there's a provision in the statute that says, just because we're telling you you can't regulate or enact ordinances or rules for private citizen drone use doesn't mean you can't regulate your own employees. And of course, it's the, the statute's very clear. The language is very clear. I find it, just like you do, Jason, nearly impossible to believe that a court could somehow conclude that language then somehow negates the actual ordinance, which says you shall not regulate <laughs> except for your own, right? And so it's a silly argument, and and I think it's a it's gonna it's gonna lose. And I I think that you are absolutely right. That they'll they'll fall on the equities more than anything else. If the court is is able to follow the bouncing ball here, what the court should do is enter the preliminary injunction and tell the Genesee County Parks to take it up with the state or with the FAA, because if they want somehow some airspace um, uh, regulated uh, as a no-fly zone, the FAA has the ability to do that. you got to go to the FAA. The, the gist of it is that we can only have one rulemaking authority for airspace because otherwise 
if every municipality was allowed to come up with their own rules and regulations, there would be tens of thousands of different rules for every plane, helicopter, and drone in the sky as they navigated through the airspace. It just doesn't work. You have to have one authority. So the FAA is that authority. And as we all know, the FAA is very uh, safety conscious and has gone through a lot of years of rulemaking to get to where we are today, which says for commercial drone use, as long as you follow all these safety rules and other rules you can fly and airspace regulations. So the FAA has already covered all this. They've told drone pilots such as you and me what we can and cannot do. We don't need municipalities coming in after the fact and creating either complete uh, bars against drone use or other regulations. Um, Jason, what else is going on that people should know about concerning this Genesee Parks issue? Oh, well, just more generally, um, I want to point out that it's my understanding that our preemption law, really similar ones, exist in more than a dozen states right now. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm aware, this is the first test case. And then the reason that this exists, while it, it, it positively impacts hobbyists, the real reason this exists is for business. So there's a couple of use cases where drones uh, are being used right now across more than one municipality. One is there's uh, a couple of companies right now that can fly electric transmission lines, like power lines, mm -hmm. and they're able, using machine learning and AI, the drones can recognize problems with the system. So they can say, uh, hey, look, this particular cross arm is missing a nut or a bolt, or this one has a bigger problem with it. And then it automatically issues work orders based on priority of how important they are. Mm -hmm. And this can help solve electrical transmission problems before they happen. And one place where I think they did a lot of work is California because they had some wildfires last year that were super devastating and were presumably caused by transmission lines. And so the people who run these companies, they can't stop at every city and every village and every municipality to try to figure out what the drone rules are while they're trying to map all the, all the power lines in the whole state. So that's kind of one use case. And the other one is, is places like Amazon, who's going to start doing drone delivery whenever they can get the, the regulations kind of sorted out. And you can't have a place like Genesee County telling, telling Jeff Bezos at, at Amazon that you can't fly, you can't do drone delivery in Genesee County because we say so. Like that doesn't work. It's back to what you talked about earlier with the preemption that exists with the FAA. And Michigan followed suit with that just to make sure that these problems are taken care of. Yeah. Well, I've actually spoken with people at some of these uh, uh, bigger companies that rely on preemption for their business model. And they're on board and have volunteered to step up and help us out if this if this gets appealed. So if this goes to the appellate court, that costs a lot more money, takes a lot more time and a lot more resources. Mm -hmm. And we have the, the backing of some pretty sizable companies that have volunteered to step up to the plate and offer some assistance. Well, that's great news. And I think that, again, you know, for those of us who understand uh, the drone space, we get uh, we get uh, the pushback. We understand that there's initial resistance. You know, people just don't know enough to 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 know more than 
you know, then that these things are, are, are drones and therefore all of that drones must be bad. We hear drones, military drone use is bad. And so we, we correlate that. You know, what the rest of us know is that drones are being used for amazing things and they're being used to, to not only do jobs that are dangerous or dirty, uh, the jobs that are put people in peril, uh, but they're adding efficiencies to all sorts of business process, such as line inspections, um, that, you know, it's just the future. And we see it with every new and emerging technology that comes out. We've been doing new and emerging technology law at Travis Legal since 1992, when the new and emerging technology was something called the internet. And everyone was freaking out because big brother, big brother. Well, guess what? Big brother ended up a hundred times taller than anyone could have imagined in their wildest imagination. And yet we still embrace the internet. You know why? Because it gives us so many benefits. And the same thing ultimately will happen with drones as we start delivering donor organs from point A to point B in ways that uh, are 10 times faster than if we put it in an ambulance, cheaper than if we put it in a helicopter, you know, as we save lives, as we deliver pizzas, the the tide will eventually turn. In the meantime, we need people like Jason out there who are willing to step up and, and really get involved. Um, Jason, thanks so much for being on the show again today. I encourage everyone again to try and get to this court hearing if you at all can the date again uh it is is monday morning august 26 at 10 a.m at 900 saginaw street flint michigan seventh circuit court do we know who the judge is um yeah i don't have it in front of me i think it's judge Farah, I think is how you pronounce the name, but I, I don't have it right in front of me. All right, so you'll be able to find it when you get there. Go support Jason. Go support uh, this this organization, the Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators. Join the Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators page on Facebook. Be prepared to chip in uh, if this case should have to go on to a, a permanent injunction hearing, which will mean a lot of discovery and some more funds and resources being needed. And of course, if it goes up on appeal, which it very well could, these are these exact type of novel issues that do go up on appeal, um, then then the MCDO and Jason are going to need all the help they can get. I will be there on behalf of Traverse Legal and Drone Law Pro, providing amicus briefs and support uh, so that we can uh, establish the, uh, the foundation that we've got in Michigan as a drone-friendly state. Drone safety is critical. But we do welcome new technologies and we welcome UAS and autonomous vehicles of all sorts, as long as they're introduced safely into our communities. Um, anything else that you want to share with us today, Jason, before we wrap this amazing show up? I just want to say that when this initially happened and I, I got arrested and all my stuff confiscated, I really felt like it was just me and I was on an island kind of by myself. And then... People who I did not know, strangers, reached out to me and said, hey, I see you got your drone confiscated. Would you like to borrow mine? I have a Phantom you can borrow, or I have a Mavic, I have an Inspire, whatever you want. You can keep it as long as it takes till you get yours back. Like, strangers reached out to me. And it went from me feeling all alone to doing this uh, this team effort and kind of building up this uh, team. And, like, I call it a village now. It's, it's a whole bunch of people all on the same page. And that's been really remarkable to, to watch that happen. And 
yeah, it's community involvement at a, at a UAS level, which is, uh, you know, which is something that we haven't seen enough of in, in our community. And I don't think I've seen anything quite like what you've been able to uh, to put together at a local level. And so kudos to you. Um, we totally support you. And uh, we will push this show out uh, not only across Michigan, but but across the United States so that other people can see uh, how it should work, how we as members of the UAS community need to step up and be heard, work with our municipalities and our park system to educate. But when we are given no other choice, when we are forced to do so, to make the legal challenges necessary in order to declare everyone's rights. The worst case scenario is for someone like you or me or as happened with Jason to get arrested because we know, you know, we know there's a law that says that these things can't be regulated. So you're not expecting it. You walk into a location, all of a sudden you're getting a ticket, you're getting handcuffed, you're getting arrested, you're getting drone confiscated. That that is the worst possible outcome for any U.S. citizen, for any drone operator. So we do have to unfortunately take on these causes to protect ourselves. And Jason, thank you for taking on this one. Thank you, and thanks for having me. All right, that's it for Drone Law Pro today. We will see you next time. In the meantime, fly safe. You've been listening to Drone Law Pro Radio. Visit us at dronelaw.pro. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on most podcast listening platforms, including your home devices, by searching Drone Law Pro. Don't forget to share this podcast on your social media and with your Part 107 friends. Until next time, fly safe.